Hello, and welcome to another episode of What Created the Creative. In this episode, I unpack Peter Holman's creative journey and how he ended up as a research designer. Pete takes me on an amazing journey, opening up about his colour deficiency, his love of basketball, and his on and off again affair withdrawing. It was really interesting to hear how creating a legacy and a story for his son is what drives him today. I met up with Pete one afternoon and this is what happened. Thanks for joining me, Pete. No worries. Um, It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you as a guest rather than as a pseudo host. <laughs> so welcome. Thanks very much. I like the setup now. It's um it's changed a bit since when I was here. Yeah. It's I'm, very, I'm, very inviting. I'm learning. I like the uh like the candle. It's good. Nice touch. Smells nice. Smells nice. For all the listeners out there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um so you know what this podcast is about. I do. So I think I might just jump straight into it. Sure. I'd like to start by sort of getting you to recall, if you can, mm-hmm. the first memory or experience that you had that made you think, yeah, I could do that or I could be creative or do design or... Oh, well, it, it, would have to be, it would have to be drawing stuff. I mean, I was drawing from a pretty, pretty early age. Um, with a lot of influence from my dad. Um, my dad's a graphic designer. Uh, so we've always had uh, design in the house. Um, my mum could also, which I didn't really know um, for a while. Uh, my mum is, she can draw really well and paint as well. Um, but like front center was like my dad obviously because that's what he did for a job uh, and he brought that home and I could had, had quite a strong exposure to that. So that sort of influenced what I would do. So it would just be drawing. Um, I can't think of a specific like – and I, th- I don't know. I think at that age, like you, you don't know if you're, like, you're any good or not. Like how you just draw. I still don't know if I'm good <laughs> yeah, at well, this age. Yeah, well, no, me, me too. Like it's – and I have quite like a – it's almost like a love-hate relationship with like withdrawing things because like I want to do it and I want to go and do it and it's like, oh, what if – but what if this time I can't do it? What if this time it just doesn't work out and it's like, oh, you, you know, <laughs> this it's just – thing that you've done for for so long but maybe i don't know maybe this time it's just not going to work it's i don't know it's a weird sort of feeling do you recall the first sort of things you started to draw yeah like my it's quite fun like my dad actually he drew he drew a lot of um this was kind of on the side or not so much the side but like i guess a hobby or a part of what he did so he was like a a packaging designer. So it's all quite sort of, you know, food packaging and um, that that type of thing. But he also used to draw caricatures. Mm-hmm. So he would draw like, you know, caricatures like people, if people are having a birthday, they'd always ask him, oh, Keith, can you draw, you know, such and such for their 40th, like a, you know, a funny picture of them. 
Um, and I think also, I don't know, in, in that time in the media, there was lots of like cartoonists like in, in they were doing like funny caricatures of like sports players and stuff. So I would try and draw those um, and I'd probably sort of, I, I'd try and copy what I was seeing. So that there'd be a couple of um, like cartoonists, I think in the Daily Telegraph back then and they would, they would be drawing like sports people. And I, I had an interest in sports as well, like a quite, quite a big interest. So I'd see these sort of like, you know, people who I'd, who I liked um, and I'd try and copy those. So there'll be like caricatures of like famous players and things like that. Um, Do you still have any of those? No, I I don't think so. Um, But since I I saw my dad doing that, those are the types because obviously that's, for me, that was going to hit more of an interest than, you know, (laughs) some biscuit packaging. (laughs) You know, that wasn't really going to cut the mustard for me. It was more. So that's kind of I think how I sort of, got into it a little bit or that's what those were the types of things that I was drawing. So you mentioned um, like comics and did you used to read those when you were young? Um, my brother had a whole ton of comics. Um, he had like drawers full of them. Um, and I would, I wouldn't, I'd know, I, I wouldn't say I was like a comic person. Like I used to like look at the pictures and there was a couple, um, there was a couple of Batman ones that I liked. Um, I can't remember the Killing Joke. Um, it was quite a famous one. Um, and the artwork in that is really cool. And I used, to, I used to sort of flip through that. And he also had another Batman one of the, like the original movie, like the 1989 Batman. He had a, a comic of that. And I used to like looking at the pictures of that. That was really well illustrated and drawn. Um, but yeah, I wasn't sort of, I wouldn't go out and, oh, I wouldn't go out and buy comics necessarily, but yeah, it was just what was in the house, I guess. Did you ever try to draw a comic? Um, later, no, later on, like when I was in high school, I did like an art project and I created um, this character and he was called um, really creatively um, Morris Man because that was my former last name, Morris. Um, and he was like a superhero and he like, you know, he, he essentially looked like Batman, kind of, uh, or more like a Robin. He didn't have like, he had like a eye mask and not like the full sort of head thing. Um, and I did that like in, I don't know, year 10 or something. What were some of the powers that Morris Man had? I don't think he had any powers. I don't know. I think he just looked looked like a superhero, <laughs> but he couldn't do anything. Um, but that was a cool, I mean, that was, that was like a big poster. It was, it was, um, I had a bit of foam backing, so it like stood out a little bit. So I had like a bit of a three D thing there, and I th- I'm trying to remember. I think it was, I think it was painted, but painting was never my uh, forte growing up. What made you decide to do painting for this Morris man? Oh, I I don't think you could. It was like rule block colors, so it was nothing like. I, it could have been like um, I don't know what else could I've done. I don't know what I could. Well, I don't know any other ways I could have done it, but it was just black block flat colors. It was nothing like you wouldn't go. Oh, look at that painting! <laughs> it was nothing like that, <laughs> right? Um, so just jumping back from the year ten, yeah, assignment, sorry. We're back be- into your childhood imprints. Yeah, you mentioned your dad was always around doing packaging and design, and you sort of started to pick up. Illustrated in caricatures and yeah. that sort of thing. Yep. Was there any any point where you started to really understand 
that you were good or did you still sort of carry that on or? Um, yeah, like I, th- I thought, oh, I don't know. I guess you see what other people are doing around you, you know. Um, I don't know. I thought I was good within certain constraints. Um, there were people that, yeah, there were some people that were were better than me and were quite, I don't know, yeah, they had sort of different styles. They had like more like real comic styles. Like these are just other, you know, kids at school. Um, but I don't know. I had a sort of, I don't know. I had a different style. I, I, yeah, it was well. Yeah, I was. It was like those caricature things. Like that was kind of my sort of sort of thing, or the things that I, I kind of related to. They had just like different, I don't know, different styles that I hadn't really seen before. It was more something that I couldn't. I didn't feel I could just create they to me they had like sort of like quite a i don't know vivid imagination in what they were creating i'll just sort of like i'd pick a player and then try and you know draw draw them sort of thing like that was <laughs> it had some it had some boundaries of where i think i could be effective if i if i could say that entering into primary school you mentioned school what was like an average day at school primary school yeah like were you taking in your comic books to draw no. or oh. sitting in the library playing sports? Um, a typical day. I used to I used to be a big like basketball player. Um, so that was a big thing. Um, you know, I used to bring my basketball to school and I used to play um, before school recess, lunchtime, that type of thing. Um, what else could I say? I used, to, I used to do drum lessons at school. I used to be in the band. I used to play the drums. I thought I was I thought I thought was pretty good. Did you think you were better at drums or drawing? It's a good question. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I thought we had, we had a drum kit at home and my dad played the drums as well. Um, so we had the full kit at home, which was cool. And I was like the main. I was like the. I was the. I was the lead drummer in nice. the band. Nice. <laughs> in, in year six or in year five, in year five and six. I think I started in year five or something. Um, and like I could do like a couple of like fancy things, like that no one else could do, but like they were very basic. But it was just you know. Um, so I thought I was. I thought I was pretty pretty good, but yeah, I don't know. Probably similar. So after school, what was an evening like for Pete? An evening. Um, I used, there was definitely I was I enjoyed my fair share of like TV. So you know, and well, I don't know, hang on, what what age are we talking about here? Still in primary school. Primary school. So you played some b ball at lunch, getting home. I'd probably there'd be a bit of there'd be a bit of computer games on the at that stage probably Commodore sixty four yeah had maybe one of those two. Or Amiga five hundred or one of those the, what game um, Midnight Resistance that had anyone could just like throw out any name it'd be like oh okay like they just had so many obscure yeah. games Midnight Resistance was like a this just you know shoot 'em up sort of game. Um, I used to play it in the morning sometimes before school. Before? Wow, early riser. Yeah. Um, yeah, I played a bit of that. Um, 
What else? Uh, what, what time did you yeah. get up in the morning? I was really early riser, like at least oh, I was probably awake at 5.30 and I'd be like I would be going to the living room, putting the TV on and watching something. Was that common in your household? Were your parents uh, early risers? Yeah, they were. Yeah, because my dad was going to work. Like he was, he'd be, yeah, he'd be up at six, you know. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I never slept in. Do you sleep in now? No. Early riser? Yeah, absolutely. Do you associate like being up and early with anything? No. <laughs> You're like all these, you know, things on Instagram and celebrities, how they get up at 4 a.m. because they're so productive. And I used to try like a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, I used to do, I used to get up at 4 or like 4.30 and I would do like an hour of drawing because I was just like, then I felt if I'd, I've done that, then I've got that. At least I've tried a little bit of that for the day because I might not get a chance in the evening or, you know, the time will just sort of pass by and I won't I won't have done any drawing. So, yeah, I used to get up at 4, 4.30. And it was quite sort of like peaceful afterwards. Like it was almost like, oh, okay, I can relax now that I've, I've done that today. And was there a, a, an element of you felt better than everyone else that has slept in? No, I don't think so. No. No, I, I just felt that I achieved something like something personal um, and then I didn't have to sort of worry or well not worry but the rest of the day but I could just sort of be at ease knowing that yeah I've got sort of my I've got my hour or hour and a half in of of, of drawing so that's so that's cool I don't have to sort of kick myself and going oh well, you didn't make time in the afternoon or you're too tired at night so you mentioned that your your dad was up early getting ready for work yep I'd be interested to hear um, what sort of role both your father and mum played in the household? Like what did they do? Yeah. Um, well, my, my dad was definitely, um, he was like your typical, like he was like your nine to five uh, or a bit later in those days. I don't know. Did he have his own studio at home or was it like um, out of the home? No, not well. Yeah, he had it. Like he had this. He had a, he had a desk. He had a, he had a, like a bit of a, just like we would have now, like a bit of a home home office sort of thing. Like he had this big um, cast iron drawing board. Um, Did you ever use it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I. Yeah, I would. Um, that's where. That's sometimes that's where yeah I would, I would i would sit at that table and use all the really expensive markers that he had um really nice you know letter set layout pads um that i would just sort of you know tear pages through um who would have loved that <laughs> oh yeah so i think i got yeah sort of indirectly what's your first memory at sitting at that cast iron table um first memory um it it would just be drawing stuff with markers. I used to draw planes a lot. I don't know why I used to draw planes. Um, like detailed planes or just no, various no, shapes? Just, yeah, shapes. You know, you had the, fu- you know, the fuselage and you had the wings and the tail. Um, I, I would have been pretty young at that stage. Um, but yeah, I used, to, I used to draw that. Yeah, and just like, yeah, go through, go through probably a lot of ink with those markers that were like probably 15 bucks each. Back then. Back then. And he had like, you know, like a whole set of them. 
and then I think you go to use them and they they'd be a bit dry by, you know, <laughs> by the time you come around to using them. Um, yeah, so I used to, you know, then later on we had like a computer on the table and um, yeah, it's, it's seen some use. Is it something that you would like to inherit one day? Oh, uh, yeah, I'd love to. But I'd probably be fighting my brother for it. <laughs> so just following that down, yeah. what's your brother do? Um so he, yeah, he's a designer. He's a designer as well. Um, he like now, I think he, he's sort of like a production manager. So he's gone through sort of like you know, he started off graphic design, then he was like a you know finished artist. He was pretty much a finished artist quite early on. So he was more like he was more on the computer side of things, like you know Photoshop, Illustrator. Um, you know, and all those sorts of graphics programs. Where my my dad, he was more like old school, um, you know, the you know traditional sort of you know drawing methods and like a lot of pencil and roughs and getting up into that. And then it wasn't until later on, like in the nineties, where he was kind of um, almost like he yeah, forced, I guess, through like um, processing processes or your ways to you know way the industry was moving to learn. Illustrator um, and Photoshop to um, do what he does, um, but he still does all the like the like the traditional sort of like he'll sketch it all up, he'll pencil it all thing, pencil all the stuff up, do the roughs, um, scan it in, and then do all the Illustrator. Uh, not so much Photoshop; he's more Illustrator work. Um, yeah, so my brother, and then he sort of did some like IT work in the within design, like IT manager, um, yeah, studio manager things like that. So he sort of moved on. And do you have any other brothers or sisters? No, just him. So overall, your brother's a designer, yourself a research designer, your dad a brand designer, mm -hmm. um, and then your mum was an artist. Yeah. So pretty creative realm to grow up in. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you had a chance to not be creative or in this design space? Did I have a chance not to be? Surrounded uh, by so many people that were doing it in day in, day out? I don't know. Like, like I guess natively, no. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, there was a real heavy sort of exposure to it, you know. We always had, like we had Max. Um you know, all the tools were there. I would go to my dad's work. You know, it's quite sort of comfortable. You know, I'd be in there, you know, monthly. I'd be in there in this, you know, studio walking around having a look at what everyone does and sort of, you know, it was quite sort of home for me. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have a a memory that is rushing through your head now of that first time you went to your dad's work? A, a memory? Ah, oh, like it, I don't know. I, I'm just sort of, yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking of probably like, the, I'm thinking of the building, like it was quite a prominent sort of, you know, had that sort of um, raisin toast like brick, you know, that brick sort of speckled brick. Mm. Um, and inside was kind of like really cool. Like it was, yeah, it was just like a really well, uh, the architecture of the building was quite nice and the outside inside it was I don't know, it sort of it felt like quite like a high end sort of place to be. 
And how did you feel going with your dad to his pretty, pretty, pretty proud. Yeah, I, I was pretty um, – yeah, I, I was – I was pretty proud to go in there, sort of, with him because I I knew what he, I I knew he was pretty good at what he was doing, and like I saw the stuff that he did, and like obviously I was like, well, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so you mentioned that like you thought you, like you knew your dad was pretty good at what he did. Yep. But then also earlier you mentioned sort of like grappling with that, like trying to figure out if you're good at what you do. Mm. So what? made you think yeah my dad's good at that opposed to you thinking oh maybe I'm not good at it I think I could tell that he would na- it was something that naturally came to him like it was just straight off the like he didn't struggle with it like straight off the bat he would he'd be like you I could tell that his technique it was just second nature you know it was just it wasn't forced it was just he could almost draw any he could draw anything um and like for me i think it was i i definitely don't have that ability um it's not that natural it's more i don't know i sort of take it as though i'll give it a, like even stuff now it's like well i'll give it a shot and I'll see what I can come up with, um, you know. Um, but it's it's more of a yeah, it's probably more more of a labor for me to 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 do it. Doesn't come as naturally, or, or maybe you know that's probably some of my perception. Um, yeah, does that that kind of make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear like his side of the story. And one day he was like, no, nah, it never came naturally. Like I had to work for it. Yeah, or- maybe. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been doing it for like, I don't know, 60 years. But yeah, I it just, it, I could see it in the technique. It was just, yeah, I don't know. It's like if you watch anyone who does anything, like who's really good at what they do, you know, you can sort of see it and go, wow. Yeah, it's definitely when you see someone who's passionate and good and, and loving what they do, it's mm. almost infectious. Yeah. Opposed to the people who are just there, yeah, it's my job. Mm. Um, do you have any memories of like your mum drawing or painting or? Yeah, I saw I saw some things. Um, I don't know what the the occasion was, but I didn't really know. And then I just saw these really cool. She had done these. Um, they're like sketches, like with um, lead pencil sketches of um, like Australian Australian native flowers, like bottle brush, banksias. Um, and they were like really good, and I was sort of like a little bit taken back because that was kind of like my first sort of exposure to something that um, that she had done. Um, and yeah, and I'm like, oh, they're really good. <laughs> like I wasn't sort of expecting, I wasn't sort of expecting that. So when you saw what your your dad did, mm. and then what your mum did, were you drawn to other side as to where you sort of wanted to aim for when you grew up? Yeah, like uh, I was definitely sort of. Oh, I remember I was being I was in the car once uh, with them, and yeah, I think we were, I don't know what we we're doing. I think maybe we we're coming back from dad's work, and I said, "Oh, am I going to work here? Am I going to work there?" And I think, and they joked like they were, "Oh, like I hope not," or something like that. <laughs> um, so I, at that age, 
to be honest, at that age, I think I wanted to be like a professional cricketer. Still, still time. <laughs> still, I, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so now. But I, yeah, prof, I, I want to be yeah. I want to play professional cricket, or I want to be, a, I want to be in the NBA. I think that's what I was thinking. I was wanting to do at that age. Interesting. So when was it? When like reality hit, and you're like, <laughs> I'm never going to be in the NBA. Um, I remember when I was in. Um, what was it? Maybe under 16s or something, or under 14s. And the coach said, like, as you had to write down on a bit of paper, like, what do you want to get out of this? What, why are you here, or something like that, or what do you want to, what do you want to do, or something? And I wrote on the paper, I want to be a, I want to be a professional basketball player, you know. And I followed it up and I handed it in. And I think she, I think she read them all or something, um, and just laughed at yours. Yeah, probably, because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I was fairly tall, but I wasn't super tall. Um, yeah, you, back in the nineties, for I think for kids in Australia, it's it would have been relatively hard, or it's not. Yeah, the path to to that would have it was yeah a lot more barriers than there are sort of now. But um, yeah, who am I kidding? I was never <laughs> I was alright, but I was never any good. I was never that great. When did you stop playing? Um. I played like competitively until probably like under 16s and then just you know, casually after that three and threes in the playground. So uh, apart from talking trash, yeah. <laughs> did you like white man can't jump? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we used to have, yeah, we used to have like the radio, like the, we used to have like a, geez, what would you call it? Like a boom box? <laughs> <laughs> like with the old cassette player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. This yeah. was like this was like mid nineties. Just put that on the court. It was cool. It was Perfect. good fun. It was good. I'd do it now if I could. Um, so you mentioned you know you wanted to be an NBA player. Mm. Soon realized <laughs> probably not going to happen. <laughs> was there anything else? Like what was your plan B? What were you sort of gearing in, in, up to in high school? Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was definitely. I moved into like that more computer animation. That I was kind of. It probably wasn't so much drawing. It was more three D animation and stuff. Um, that's what I was sort of looking to, no, that's what I was interested in. I wouldn't say looking to do necessarily. Um, but we had like the software, like we had the computer, I could kind of dabble in it and muck around in it. Um, and I was sort of looking at the programs and that sort of thing, but there's also like, and like, I guess there was also this other part of me and you know it's like I've got like a color division uh, color deficiency <laughs> um and that sort of played probably a real part in me moving away from design and all that sort of thing because I didn't know um I didn't know how what sort of impact that would have when was the first time you found out that you had a color deficiency it would have been probably like in primary, infants primary school. I, I don't, I don't remember. Like, I remember doing, I remember doing those, um, all those silly tests. I call them silly because I've seen them 
a lot of times. It's just because you failed? Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, not this thing. Like those, those. I don't know what they call it, Isahara, not Isahara or something, one of them, like they're the circles with all the dots, mm. um, you know, and I might see a three and other people see 50, those sorts of things. So yeah. I've done like those and... Um, is that in like primary school or more I would in have high done, school? I, I would have done it in primary school but not like officially. It was probably just like... Started raining one day and had to keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I used to, well, when I was, it was probably first noted when I was probably drawing, I was coloring in things differently. Um, I'm guessing with your mum being an artist and your dad being a designer, they probably picked up on it quite early. Probably, yeah. Some yep. of your early drawings. But it never, like it didn't, oh, I don't know, it doesn't, at that age when you're like quite young, it doesn't really, you don't really think about it too much in terms of, because it never, I don't know, it's a funny thing. It never really, never really affected me in terms of my outlook of things. Um, Were there any points where you like had to consciously choose a path because of the color deficiency or did you sort of just feel like, you know, I can, I can make it work? <clears throat> I, well, definitely in high school, I, I was like, I think all this is quite sort of self-inflicted. Um, there was obviously certain things that I probably couldn't couldn't do, but I mean, I guarantee you, like, there's a colorblind or color deficient graphic designers out there. Um, they just they just is, um, but it depends on how comfortable you are in in sort of I don't know in owning it or I don't know how comfortable you are in owning it, but like. I just didn't want in, in what I was doing. I didn't want there to be any troubles or any problems. I didn't want there to be anything that was sort of holding me back, you know. And I thought that was just a little bit of ambiguity that I just didn't want to take forward. Um, I didn't want it to be like a, a weakness or a, you know, that's that sort of thing. Um, so, what were some of the things you were eliminating at this time? Um, probably like the police. I was, you know, I used to love watching True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love, I used to watch that. I used to watch that heaps. So I wanted to be like a federal cop, federal yeah. police. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it was quite funny. Like you, you would think there's half of you that you could think, yeah, I might, might be able to do this. And then there's the other half is like, no, you can't. Could, could you be a policeman with color deficiency? No, not. Not in um I think there's like, like surely your bomb diffusal or something I can see, but just No, I don't no like detective got, or something. No, they got pretty strict. I mean they've got these I think some places are different. Like it's it's quite like if you look at the if you look at the entry requirements for like New South Wales police, for instance, it's like, you know, it's have normal normal colour vision. Yeah. Okay. Um some are I think like I've seen random snippets of things of like, oh, like it's, you know, it depends. But that's that's the thing. I was never, I'm not, that's not who I am. I'm not a like, oh, see what happens. Like I want to know 100%, yeah, I can do this and not sort of worry or think it like, oh, is this going to be a big deal or not? Or is this going to stop what I'm doing? Or is this going to come in a year or two's time and going, oh, yeah, you know what? You can't really do it, so you're going to have to find something else to do. So I just was like, no, 
whatever I think is impacted by color, I won't go down that path. I'll just choose something that I think doesn't have that aspect to it essentially. So in year 10, say, yep, gearing up to high school. Yeah. You found out you're not going to be an NBA player. Yeah. Or a cricketer. Yep. Um, I, I could have been a cricketer. I was pretty good. What happened? Fast fast bowler. I was I was not too bad. I was pretty I was I was pretty good. I think if I had kept going, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was all right. Never know. Never know. Oh, never know. <laughs> Uh, we wouldn't be here if you went down that path. So Absolutely. For me, I'm grateful that you <laughs> didn't choose cricketing. Uh, so in your term mm. and you're sort of consciously choosing, you know, what you're going to do, where you're going to go based on the things you've grown up with, your colour deficiency, um, like what was next? What did you choose to study in sort of college? Like was, and- the other thing I was... Well, in like New South Wales, we had like high school started from year seven. So like year seven to year 12 was was high school. Year seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, that was all high school. Right. Um, so it's different here. We have like year seven to 10 is high school. Right. And then college is uh, okay. 11 to 12. Yeah. And then on to like university or yeah. TAFE or post. Yeah. Well, across the border... They don't have college. They don't call it that. <laughs> it's just high school. Um, oh, the other yeah. So I mean, the other the other part that I was doing was like you know IT information technology. Um, that was kind of the other thing that we were doing. You know that I was kind of involved in and interested in. Um, and I think that sort of came a little bit from like the three D like computer animation kind of stuff because it was all sort of like computers type work um and my brother sort of knew a little like he knew about it um as well so i was kind of yeah yeah doing doing a little bit of that as well what like interested you in that it and was it more around like the programming or the systems um definitely wasn't programming um because it was funny because there was like in the last couple, in the last sort of 10, 15 years, I've sort of dabbled in like programming and stuff because I could sort of see what it was used for. Back then, I thought programming was just like, I don't know, building another version of like Word or something or something, you know, it wasn't at the time too interesting for me. The whole sort of iPhone and, you know, app development and, you know, all that sort of stuff didn't exist. Um, so I was kind of like, well, what, what, what am I programming? What am what, what I'm going to, what am I going to make? I don't know. There wasn't that allure. Um, so the other part for me was like, you know, computer networking. That was the other part that I could see. Um, and I could sort of make sense of, um, and involved, you know, people and talking to people and, you know, getting around and, you know, it was was just something that I could see, I think, you know, and sort of like understand what it was used for. But the programming stuff was like, well, I don't know, maybe, yeah. See, you're a research designer now and you mentioned then that, you know, going out and talking to people, was that something that you always liked to do? 
Back then, I don't know. No, but back then, mm. no, I think I was pretty, I was pretty introverted and pretty, yeah, yeah, shy-ish, I guess you could say. Yeah, going out and going out and actively speaking to people, and that probably wasn't my wasn't my game. No. <laughs> did you like, like now that you're into IT, did you feel, for lack of better words, like at peace or at home with that decision? What did when now? Like no, in IT when you decided to get into oh, IT. Oh, when I was doing it uh, for a little bit, yeah, for the first um, first couple of years because I was I was I was had a really good. Um, group of people that I was working with, um, which I really liked and really sort of respected. Um, the, the job was, I was very lucky. It was it was very very good. It was wasn't sort of, I was working like with really high end equipment. Um, you know, it was, it was probably quite a, I don't know, like a, a senior environment. You know, it wasn't sort of like a, a junior sort of um, feel. It was quite, you know, you had. There was people around you, and the work was quite. The, what I was doing was quite important. Um, so that coming out of school was like cool. Like this is pretty. This is pretty cool. How'd you land that job? So I, like I went. Um, so I, I when out of school, I didn't go to university. I went to like a because at this stage it was. Like the IT was was booming, you know, and it was they were looking for people. It was quite easy to get a job. Um, I won't say I don't know if they can say easy, but it was um, a lot of places were coming up. They were offering, you know, industry skills. Like kind of that was kind of the thing. Like that was one. It was it was a pathway of of working. Um, you know, so I did sort of certain Microsoft certifications that were quite popular at the time. Um, as vehicles of getting employment quite quickly, uh, so I did like a, a boot camp course for like six months, um, which was like a well respected one. It was like quite a big IT company, um, and that was cool. Like I enjoyed doing that. I did it with a friend of mine, um, and that was quite good. And it was just by luck, really, that you know, basically as part of this course, they would help you find a job. So they would have like recruitment people attached to it and they, you know, had jobs coming in or they knew things or knew people, all that sort of stuff. So it was by luck that I got, I found that I was given this opportunity to go and, you know, interview with that. This was at CBA. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, I, I did the interview and, you know, and I landed it, which was, which, which was by luck because, you know, I could have gone anywhere and done anything. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you sort of started in design and being creative at a young age and then it sounds like you sort of fell out of it mm. and then switched over to this more analytical sort of yeah. systems yeah, and IT. Mm. Then you're working at CBA. Mm. Did you feel like something was missing? Um, yeah, for, for some for after a while, yeah. Like I was, yeah, I was always trying to do something else. Like I'd like, yeah, something else like after work, you know. Um, what were some of those things that you were trying to do? Uh, just like real random stuff. Like like I was interested like in like clothing, like clothing brands and stuff like that. So like I would, 
I would go, I'd go about it like the really wrong, the absolute wrong way. Like I would have the logo. Like I would, you know, I'd, I'd get my dad to draw. <laughs> I go, I've got this idea. It's going to look and, you know, it's going to do this. So can you do a logo for me? And then do it. And like that's all I'd have. <laughs> you know, that'd be the starting point. So you wanted to create like a fashion like a, brand? Yeah, like something like that. Yeah. Like a sports, like, well, not necessarily sports, but like a, I don't know. Just what was the name that you came up with? Dark Elk. Dark Elk. Yeah. That's cool. But like that's as far as, like, you know, it was more, I think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was more because obviously I didn't think think it through at all. Was your dad happy? Did his keep no turning idea. out these logos? I've got no idea. You probably used them later on and sold I them. Just, I think he just thought, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Take me three seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you back into drawing while you were at no, CBA? No. No, I wasn't. Um, and, you know, I do other things. Like I try and I'd be like writing, I don't know, like scripts, like for a t- like TV sitcom scripts. Like I'd be, I'd be writing, I'd be, and this wasn't just like at that time. This was probably like a few year, like a few years, but like, did you ever film any of these? No, I didn't. No, I was just, I don't know. I just, I was just writing because I thought I had some good, like some funny ideas for things. Do you recall any of the, the gags or the scenes from any of these? Um, not that I could probably really repeat. <laughs> <laughs> you can. It's fine. Um, no. Uh, yes and no. Okay. Maybe we'll get see if we can get a <laughs> yeah sure a screenshot of one there of just, your old there scripts. Th- there were things that you would probably just see on like the ABC because I used to like um like the like ABC sort of you know sitcoms or like The Office or um you know Sean McAuliffe like those guys I was really I really liked that sort of skit like all those those comedies that those guys would do and there was a few sort of TV series knocking about at the time that I sort of liked. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just felt like I had some good ideas. So I was just like, oh, I was trying to write some, you know, I'd get like the, the formula, like the formats of how you write scripts and stuff like that and just play around. I didn't get very far, but I don't know. But I was always here. Yeah, there was something else was on the go for like for me. Like there was, yeah, there was a feeling that I could be doing something different. And how long did you work in like IT for? Um, probably from like 03 or no, 02. Yeah. The end of 02 through to, I don't know, like 08. Um, and I did like a stint as a administrator at, uh, at a design company that my brother was working at. And I did that for about a year. What was, what was your role? I was like a IT administrator. Okay. Yeah. So a bit more back into the yeah a bit more back in it was quite funny aspect. yeah it was like I was, I was back into an environment that was quite f- sort of familiar people were what what they were doing was familiar uh, obviously I was working with my brother so that was interesting that was cool um, did did you feel like less was missing at this point mm, no I don't know not really no probably more I'm not sure because you'd probably like. You're exposed to something, you know, like yeah. there's something that's like, oh, a whole other life. Mm. And how long were you there? About a year. About you a said. year. Yeah. And then I sort of went into, oh uh, yeah, this is when I sort of started to like, I, I wasn't, I didn't really know what to do. So being around that design agency, mm. did that 
create any hobbies or sort of things that you started to pursue after work? Not that I can recall, no. No, I liked – well, that was, I was doing a bit of photography then, around then, because, um, yeah, I was – that's probably when actually when, yeah – that's that's sort of come back to me now. That's kind of when I'll start looking at looking at photos and um, around that stage I got my first DSLR, like a Nikon, um, a Nikon D40X. That's what I had. Sweet little baby. <laughs> yeah. Is that your first proper camera? Yeah. 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 D40X. It was good. I had a just a. Oh, I don't know what lens I had with it. I didn't really know. I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I was doing photos around that time, and um, so my wife she had a like a like a, a basketball coach, like an American um, American basketball. Like he's a yeah, he's a he's a coach, um, but he's not like a professional coach. But he's he's run like oh, actually. I think he coached like a like college a college team, um, like in like in Hawaii or something like that, or a few places. I'm not too sure, but he was quite good, and he had like some players that were quite good that he was sort of like you know um, coaching and you know, trying to get them you know to the NBA. Um, and I would take photos of like a, of the players, like you know, um, and that's when I sort of started trying. Oh, I'm just going down all sorts of rabbit holes, but I started um, like making a documentary. Like I was filming a documentary of like of this certain player and how um, – so I would be like, yeah, going to like the gym that he went to and filming him working out and filming him working and playing um, and just like the journey. Like it was all – yeah, I was basically filming this documentary of maybe him going to the draft, like the NBA draft. So that, that was the point of it is to, for him to submit that. No, it's no. There was there was no point to it at all. <laughs> it was just me thinking, "Hey, there's a real maybe I've got a little bit of access here to something um, that could be interesting. Maybe I'll just film it and see what happens." What sort of things did you enjoy from doing that? Um, obviously, I was interested. Um, I was interested in basketball, obviously. Um, so I was interested, really interested in the subject, in the topic. Um, it was almost like not so much of a, a little bit of like a fan because I was close to something that was could be quite could be you know quite quite good or quite sort of brings me into that realm, you know that that I sort of enjoy. Um, but I liked filming. I liked setting it up. I liked film. You know, I used to I like coming back and editing it and seeing you know. Uh, so I would do like the I would film like interviews like with the coach and I'd set it all up and then I'd do like you know on the street style stuff and I actually did a little bit of this in high school as well like because we, we had a like I had a, ca- a, cam- a camera like a camcorder and I would do some like little I don't know little funny things um, I don't know I think I, I think I just liked putting something together and I could show people you know like here's this little video that I made yeah. So you mentioned early on you sort of did some funny things with mm. the camera. I don't you know what that means, but yeah, I assume either filming little skits or talking. Yeah, to they people were like, and like with my it. mates. We were just filming stuff. Like we, I don't know, we would film these little like weird like UFO documentaries. <laughs> um, 
because it was kind of playing a lot. Because at the time, like this was like um, mid nineties, mid late nineties, there was like, you know, on TV there was like these UFO documentaries of X Files and everything. Yeah, was, it was kind of I don't know for some reason it was a bit of a hot topic at the time. I don't know. Yet Independence Day, the movie that came out like in ninety six or something. So there was this, you know, Area Fifty One. Um, there was a little bit of a thing like that, so there was all these like, yeah. You, so we just we were just taking the piss out of them. And then you also mentioned that, you know, you enjoyed almost the user research aspect of. I think it was the documentary. I, I think it was like trying. It was telling the story. You know, it was sort of going going through the story and just following. Yeah, just. Following like not so much the ups and downs, but just yeah, the story of how this person may have was going to get there, you know. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Do you think from there, did you start to understand any more about like research or not at all? Not at all. <laughs> so, how did you find yourself going from there? To then sort of falling back really into the design space and almost becoming like a user experience designer and now. I had a friend of mine um, who I used to work with um, and he said, why don't you do UX design? And I was like, oh, I still had in the back of my mind, like I, I, I kind of knew what it was a little bit um, but I – I knew it could have it could involve um, a neighborhood dispute. There's actually kangaroos jumping down the street. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, there's one. Oh wow! Cool. So I think all the neighbors are out in Australia. Of course, of course. Kangaroos jumping down the street. You know, it's quite funny. Like in when I used to live in Sydney, I used to live in Sydney, and you used to hear like, like you know, what, that was the typical American thing of like oh if they come if, if a tourist came here oh I thought they'd be like kangaroos jumping down the street and I used to think yeah obviously I used to, in Sydney obviously that wouldn't happen not where I was no. um but coming to Canberra it happens it's I was pretty like because oh, I've only been here for about four years but where we lived we're just going for a walk and you'd see kangaroos and you'd be like oh it's different mm -hmm. not usually seeing those in the street in Sydney um so jumping back in. Yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. Oh, how did I get into UX design? Yeah. Yeah, you said a friend. A friend told me, he was telling me about it and I was like, yeah, I kind of, I think I researched it a little bit um, and I knew a little bit about it and I was like, oh, like yeah, UI design, visual design and I was like, hmm, involves color. What's going to, you know, <laughs> is that going to be, you know, a big deal? And obviously this is very like self-inflicting because as I've really found out, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, and it's actually like, because when I was looking into it, I was like Googling colorblind UX designers to see what would come up. Um, and, you know, and people were saying like, oh, like, you know, if anything, like it's, a, and it's an advantage because you represent a cohort of people that, you know, we're, that are being designed for. And often overlooked. Yeah. So like it wasn't like a big, it wasn't a big deal. So, and then I sort of saw this other part to it, which was the research 
you know, if you look at the double diamond, mm. like the first part um, and, you know, into a little bit, excuse me, a little bit into the second part. Um, so I was kind of thinking, well, maybe I could, maybe, maybe I could do this. Um, and then I just sort of bit the bullet and I just sort of enrolled. What, what did you enroll into? So I did the, um, general assembly UXDI, um, immersive for three months. Okay. And so on the back of this, I've been doing some like BA business analyst work. Yeah. So I sort of transitioned from IT. Um, this was like in the early, like 2010, like, you know, from 2010 to 2013 was kind of like BA work. I did a few little projects um, and I was sort of, but that's kind of where I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, but I was sort of using that sort of analytical part of myself to sort of do that type of work. Um, and I sort of felt that the UX thing was going to be like a chance to do like some creative stuff. Cause I was looking at the course, I was looking at what was being done. I was like, Oh, you know, I think I've sort of, I could bring a lot to this. Um, it's kind of going to be like a bit of a blend of what I, what I can do now. So I, I think I could sort of squeeze in the, you know, the drawing and that sort of design element certain places to my advantage um, but not have to rely on that as like the you're 100% this is what you do. Um, and throughout the course it was, you know, it was quite sort of evident and I was very interested in sort of, you know, psychology and like how people think and how people make decisions because um, prior to this, so I'm jumping all over the place, I did some um, I did do some like conflict management counseling courses as well. Um, Prior to the general yeah, assembly. I did a little bit of that. Um, so I was kind of yeah, interested in people and how they how they reacted to things or how they sort of thought about things. I was interested in that. So I think during the course I made I made it like a decision to sort of sort of focus on the research or make that my sort of thing. Um but also then having my up my sleeve, like my ability to draw and produce things that, you know. If you anyone wants to check out uh, Pete's drawing ability, head over to the what created the creative brand mark. Sure. <laughs> That's, it. <laughs> That's it, yeah. So General Assembly sort of reignited your passion for yeah. this creative design space. Is that I, when I wouldn't, you- I wouldn't say I'd say reignited. I'd say uh, maybe you would say reignited. I don't know. It's almost like I felt like it gave me the opportunity. It's like, yes, you can do this. You can. This is a space that you can work in. So, yeah. So is that when you sort of started to pick up the pencil again? Yeah, definitely. Um, and also the yeah, like the iPad came. Well, the iPad was out for a while. Like, but you could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the, there was like a, you know the Procreate app. Yeah, that really for me opened the door of like being able to digitally produce things um, because like I wasn't really you know because you know there's programs like Adobe, you know Illustrator and like some of them like fairly heavy learning curve. You know, in the quite sort of te- there can be some quite technical skills you need to be able to 
do that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but Procreate seemed to be this almost like here's a pencil, you know, you know, sort of go for it. Here are the brushes, you know, and there was kind of it just it was a to me a more ease of entry that I could apply my skill. Do you prefer digital drawing to? Yeah, definitely because I can make make mistakes and easily rectify them. So you finished the general assembly. Did you get a job in as a UX straight away or? Yep. Yeah, within about six weeks. Okay. Finishing the course. And was it everything that you'd hoped for? It was. Yeah. <laughs> they should they should have a poster of me or something. They should. We'll make one up. <laughs> you can draw us one. No, it was good. Yeah, it was uh, I where I went, who I was with, what I was doing, and what what I was doing for, like the purpose of it. Was yeah, it was cool. I was like, "This is good. I really, really like this." And I, you know, obviously, and it was, and it, what what I think I liked the most is, or well, not like the most, but another thing that was good was it was what I was doing at work was what I had learned. So I was applying something that was, you know, it was what I had learned wasn't just theory or something that's like you won't be able to apply in real life. It was like, nope, what I just did for three months, I'm doing today. <laughs> yeah. And do you find that, I guess, you sort of started to feel more at ease with what you were doing? And yeah. Have you, do you still have that sort of itch to to find something else to do or? No. No, I don't think so. It's more... Um, no, like it's more of the, I guess my, my drawing is just, my, my drawing, I don't know, it, it goes in stages. Like there might be something that I, I'll just have like, generally like I'll have an idea of something that I want to create and I won't be able to get that idea out of my mind until like I, I draw it or I, I, I do it. And then like it's sort of like it takes like the, not the pressure, but like the that bug's gone for a while like a fix yeah and then something will come up like maybe in a month or a couple of months and like oh that would look really cool and I'll go and sort of do that so it's kind of like it's not something I do daily it's kind of just ebbs and flows of sort of ideas come to mind or if I'm working on something if I'm in a certain environment I'll be like oh wouldn't it be cool to illustrate that out I've seen some of your work that I really enjoyed was that you would take like an old experience or an old memory and then sort of transfer that into like a drawing of from that perspective. Oh, yeah, so yeah, there yeah. was that yeah. one about the fish. Yep. Um, from a story that I think your granddad told you or something. Yeah, it was what he would what he did, yeah. Yeah. Um yep. and I think that probably really sums up like you telling the story. I think that's where I certainly see you most comfortable as well. Right. Is yep. when you actually are learning the story and then mm. sharing the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, that was a really cool piece. And that was like, yeah, that was like, a, yeah. So this is the thing. These are these little memories. Like these are these things that come to me as like, oh, yeah. Cause that one was like my pop. He was like landing this huge snapper. Um, and I thought there was no, apart from a photo of the fish. This was like back in, I don't know, 
late 90s. There was actually no visual, you know, ev- not evidence, but visual documentation that that happened. You know, like the age of we have now, we've got phones and, you know, you can record stuff with the drop of the hat. Um, but back then they didn't really have that sort of stuff. Um, and it was like, a, you know, probably I think it was done like 3 a.m. in the morning, so it's pitch black. So they're not really worrying about yeah. taking a photo. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, how, how can I sort of visualize this sort of quite um, interesting moment? or well, not interesting, but like a powerful moment because um, it would have been like quite sort of cool if you was if you were sitting there watching this as this and watching this story sort of unfold. So that's what I tried to capture. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I like sort of capturing sort of the things that are emotive and sort of bring emotion, I don't know, to the audience. When you start your drawing mm. and you're sort of entering into that space to draw, are there any sort of rituals or things you do to get your your mind and body into that space? Um, yeah, probably like a lot of procrastination <laughs> um, because, again, that, that fear will be there of, yeah, you have something in your mind. You think like I've got it visualized in my mind of what I want to draw and what or what I want to create. It's like, but can you actually do it? And you're going to find out. The only way you're going to find out if you can do it is if you start. So, but if you don't start, you won't know. But that could be quite sort of you know relaxing in the fact that well I haven't failed, <laughs> I haven't tried and failed and gone oh, you know, damn it I couldn't do it. So, and that's like a confidence um, killer. So, it's actually starting to do it and sort of getting into a bit of a a bit of a flow. And it's and when once start once the picture starts to form and the pencil, like I, the pencil is like the hardest thing for me because that's kind of like where you everything has to be quite accurate. And it's either, and it's going to live and die at the pencil stage because if it if it looks shit there. You know, you, it is shit. Yeah, you can't. You're not going. No matter what color, sort of, you know, effect or whatever you add to it, it's just not going to look any good. So, um, if I get if I get that looking right and it starts to, you know, look, and I go, oh, this is, then I'll get a lot more relaxed into it. Do you think? Because you said you sort of got into a, a routine of getting up at four a.m. and mm. and doing an hour of drawing. Mm. Do you think that ritual and that habit forming actually? Reduced your fear? I'm just trying to think. Um, no. Yeah, it's yes and no. Like I think probably in the fact that I was more drilled at doing it and I was like I probably had it I probably, because I'd, probably, I'd be doing that every day, you know, for not every day for like forever but it was like maybe for a week I'd do it. So I'd sort of be in a little bit of that, a bit more of a groove of doing it. But every time I sort of turned it on, you know, and sat there and was about to start, that first sort of 15 minutes, there's a lot of like trepidation in there of like going, oh, am I, am I, ruin, am I ruining it? <laughs> am, I, am I making it any better or am I actually progressing this, how I want to progress it? So it wasn't until uh, every time I get to the, I get to the desk is like, there's a little bit of fear there. Would that change if you were sitting behind your dad's cast iron desk? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. 
Because you're definitely right. Like it's the starting that's obviously the hardest thing. Mm. But when you're young and you're doing things, you just start. Absolutely. You don't ever worry about, oh, I wonder if I'm going to fall off this trampoline and break my neck or yeah. I wonder if this is going to turn out horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah. You should just do it. Yep. And it's uh, like me personally trying to find that balance of almost your inner child to come into these these situations to get you started mm. and then yeah. let, let the discipline and what you've learned take over once you're almost ready. Yep. Um I don't like I'm I'm quite a, a visual person and I feel if I like I almost I almost have the picture in my mind. Like I don't sort of just start and going, okay, well let's just see where this goes to. I'll have it in my mind of what it looks like. Um I'll have the feel like it might not be to the it's not to the absolute T, but it's I'll have the um, the 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 feeling that I want to evoke from it. I'll sort of have the style in my mind. So it's just and it usually it's quite a high like it's quite a high standard in my mind, <laughs> you know. It's like shit that looks really good. Yeah. You know. So that's kind of maybe that's that's probably that's probably a bad thing because I've sort of got this thing in my mind of, oh, that would look cool if I could reproduce that. Wow. So you mentioned there, like, you have a feeling in mind. Is that mm. for the viewer or for yourself? For the viewer, I think. And what sort of like feelings or emotions are you trying to sort of awaken in people with? Your artwork. Um, I think for them to like to to stop, um, and not to sort of fleetingly like walk past something, or like you know if it's like maybe it's an artifact on a wall or a poster, um, it's to sort of stop and you know think about what it is, you know, um, and not 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 to not to wow and dazzle, but to sort of. Almost like, like confrontation, like to confront almost a little bit, or to show a reality of what something is actually like. That's what I'm trying to achieve with it. And is that is the fear coming from not being able to do that? Yeah, with every piece of work. Um, yeah, the 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 fear that I just can't do what I want to do. I just it just looks like I don't know a two year old druid. <laughs> that's the that's the fear. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna play the game that you played with me. Oh, cool. Word association. The word association. Yep. You're gonna bring out like an ink block ink blot test next or something. <laughs> a color test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> um, so again, just gonna read out some words, um, and then just give me your Okay. A few answers or one answer, whatever you feel comfortable with after okay. I say the word. All right. How long do I get for each word? As long as you need. <laughs> Design. Opportunity. Pencil. Freedom. Work. Um, potential. Dream. Hmm. I don't know, I'm thinking clouds. 
compassion. Uh, wow, this is a lot harder than harder than I thought. Um, passion. I know. Passion is being in the moment. Hero. All I can think of is like Morris Man. Similar. <laughs> it's like, you know, a blue outfit with like red underpants or something like that. Like Superman. Fear. Snakes. Money. Fun. Happiness. Um, happiness would be not worrying. Regret. Regret. Uh, I th I think I've. I don't. I don't have any regrets. Well, I think done. I've. I think I've made that. I made that sort of decision or thought like a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, but yeah. I don't. I don't regret anything or any of the decisions I've made. Um, you just. That's what life is. You just. You do things, and it takes you. It takes you down certain paths, and that's it. So what drives you today, Pete? What drives me today? In what respect? Like what are you getting out of bed for? What are you working towards? When does Pete know that? Yeah. I think I'm trying to create – I think I'm trying to create a legacy and a story for um, – For like from for my family, you know, or for my son, probably. It's it's trying to become something um, that he knows what it what it is, and that he's proud to sort of say that oh, that's who my dad. That's that's what my dad does. That's what the answer would be. Is that modelled off? Like your, do you feel like your dad created a legacy, or you knew what yeah, he was doing? I did. Like I, I knew what he did, and I was pretty proud of it. And um, I think there, yeah, there's a lot of times in my sort of career where no one really knew what I did, or well, they might know the title of the job, but like that was it. Like what I would do during nine to five was a question mark. I think so. You know and. Obviously, my dad has this sort of body of work that's, you know, quite impressive and and something you can show and you can go look at that and you go, okay, cool, wow. Um, but some of the things that you know that I've done are like almost like invisible. You wouldn't know that it was done. Um, yeah, so I think I've always throughout my whole life wanted I've I've wanted to be able to someone to know. Yeah, you know, what I do. Have you always known what you do? Have I always known? Yeah. No. And do you now? I think I have a better. I think I have a. Yeah, I think I have a better. I can happily tell someone, and be quite. 
proud's not probably like the right word, but I can sort of say with conviction, yeah, I do this. This is what I do. I do this for this reason. Um, you know, and it's sort of I feel that the, the person, you know, would be able to understand that and go, oh, yeah, okay. Like, you Do know. you want to give us your elevator pitch of what Pete does? My elevator pitch? Yeah. Well, essentially I think I go out and speak to people to find out information about their business that they don't know about. So then they can essentially become better and whoever uses the service becomes, you know, has a better life. That would be my, you know, that's quite like a, if someone come up, if someone, if someone <laughs> said, what do you do? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> that would be, that's, that's my, um, I don't know. That's when you're hunting the dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's trying to seal, seal the deal. So just to wrap up, I'm just going to ask if you could be anywhere tomorrow or do anything tomorrow and like money wasn't an issue, what would it be? Um, be anywhere or do anything. Yeah. Yeah, like I've talked about this before. Like I think it. I'd like to – there's lots of places I'd like to go to. Um. And I'd like to sort of experience it and then – find something and then draw it like like it'd be like an environmental picture like an environmental scene environmental the right word i don't know um not environmental well yeah like a might be a cityscape or it might be in the bush somewhere or whatever i was wherever i was traveling to there might be a certain moment that i think sums up that trip um and then i would sort of take that back and then i would do like a painting or some sort of picture of it and then go somewhere else and do something else. That's what I'd do. Very cool. Mm. Maybe you could um, do your first drawing of today. Okay. And we can post that. Sure. Of what sums up this interview. Okay. Just be like a blank. (laughs) (laughs) Just three people asleep (laughs) (laughs) waiting at a bus stop. Sure, but see, I can only do it once the the image comes into my mind. We'll wait. I can't like that's the thing because sometimes it's like it can't be forced. Like that's where I sort of struggle. I have to have that like sort of lightning bolt moment of, oh yeah, that would be look that would that would look really cool. Then I have to draw it. So once you have that lightning bolt moment, mm. is that forever? mentally yeah, in there it is you don't like quickly sketch anything down or what like as the moment comes to me yeah. no no i'll have it in there and it's pretty vivid and i'll always have it and it'll just be it'll be on my mind until i draw it and it's like okay i don't have to think about that it's done now it's out there well let's hope that lightning <laughs> bolt moment happens quick <laughs> hope so thanks for joining me pete and um I'll see you around. You're welcome. Thank you.